This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith and a culture against faith. So let's talk about our model of church. Why? We're going to talk about how our model of of church promotes community. Yes. Um, We kind of talked about last week how we um, designed our church model um, and how we, we designed it from Acts 2 because we thought that that's the most biblical way to do church and um, how it was a true, genuine community. Yes. And so we're going to talk about how we do that. Well, just a little bit more detailed because one thing, I mean, I was in vocational ministry almost a decade before planting Wellhouse. I started um, my first vocational ministry job in 2012. Um, I was in vocational ministry for a long time and I was around church for basically my whole life. Um, and I just saw a lot of things that made me go, this is not community. Yeah. I don't feel loved here. I don't feel like these people care. Yeah. Um, and I was an insider and I still felt that way. Um, how would you feel if you were an outsider? Oh yeah. And so I was like, okay, well let's do something different. Right. I want to do something different. I want the church needs to be a place. It needs to be three things, a place of healing and wholeness and a place of community. Like that is ultimately what the church needs to be because healing is going to be restoration through this pain. For sure. Wholeness is going to be formation and growth, discipleship, living on mission, all those things. And community. I got to have people to do that with. Because if I got to do this by myself, it's really hard. Or in the words of Chris Rock, two people can move a a couch real easily. One person is pretty hard. Mm -hmm. We need people around us. For sure. And so there were just a lot of things that led up to it. But the other thing I was thinking about is... Why have these communities around podcasts and Facebook and Facebook community pages and groups, why have these become so popular? A shared interest, I think. Um, Okay, so shared interest, good. Christians all have that. Right. Um, And I think that's basically it. Um, I think it's also because it allows me to be a part of something that I can do on my own time. Mm. I don't have to restructure my life to be a part of something. Yeah. I've got options. It bothers me that in a day and age where people are as busy as they've ever been, or sorry, more busy than they've ever been, Right. And this is a uniquely American thing. I understand to a lot of our um, uh, listeners overseas that this is not a problem for you. When dad worked in Belgium, uh, I was shocked. 
he had to petition the king of Belgium to let to get a, an order that his the dad could have his people work more than thirty five hours a week. And here we are, and it just seems standard that like if you're not working fifty hours a week, you're like a subpar human or something. Well, if you're not working at least forty, yeah, and it's like this is we got something backwards here. But yeah. anyway, I understand it's a uniquely American thing. But you think about the average American with kids. They get up pretty early, got to get their kids ready to go to school, take their kids to school, go to work. Mm-hmm. They're going to be at work long after their kids get out of school. Get out of school. So you got either after school programs or whatever. Then you got to pick your kid up. You got to feed them somehow. So whether you're buying it or whatever, you're coming home. You're going to clean up after dinner, right? You're going to do whatever. You're going to hang out with your kids. If you got little kids, you got to give them baths and put them down to bed and all those kinds of things. By that point, it's like nine o'clock. You have not stopped all day. Mm-hmm. And you're beat. So you sit down, you watch an hour and a half of TV, you go to bed and you do it all over again. Nope. We hadn't got to sports games mm-hmm. for your kids. We hadn't got to dance recitals, music, concerts, whatever, whatever your kid is into. Life's busy. Then on Saturday, you've got birthday parties and sports games. Sports whatever. games. You've got, you know, hanging out with going to family reunions and just all the things that everybody does. And oh, by the way, somewhere in here, I got to find time to cut the grass. I got to clean my house. I got to do laundry. I got to pay bills. I got to do all the other kind of stuff I got to get done. And then Sunday, you want me to spend six hours at church yeah, across two different things, Sunday school and then a normal service and then come back for like an hour and a half service that night? No, I, I think I'll pass. I'm pretty exhausted. Yeah. That just never made sense to me. Well, and and think about... Think about it like this. The, the the church has always taught that Sundays is supposed to be a day of rest. But we don't make it a day of rest. It's just more crap I got to do. It's just more crap you got to do. Um, and because historically over the last like 15 years or so, by and large, church hasn't been a place of healing and wholeness. No. It hasn't felt restful. Right. And so it's just one more thing I got to do. And it's like, oh, yeah, we get stuff out of it. Sure. But like. But it's stressful to get get, up. Yeah, I get stuff out of sitting down and eating a meal. Yeah. I get stuff out of talking to people. But you got to get up early. You got to get your kids ready for church, which is, uh, I'm not a parent, but I'm assuming it's always a pain in the butt. Um, One more thing you got to do. Yeah. And then you go. And then you come home. And then. You know, whatever you got to do, you try to cram it into this like three hour period before you got to go back again. Yep. It's just ridiculous. It's a lot. And so I never liked this idea that we're so busy and yet we have not found a way to fix this problem. Yeah. That, that the church doesn't have to be something that we can't figure out. We've got to stop asking people to conform their lives to revolve around church mm-hmm. when we have ways to assist them in their busyness. And this is why I say all the time, 
there's a lot of ways that I can give you information. Yeah. We're giving people information right now through this podcast. Well, and that's what I was about to say. We have, we are putting content out in five ways or in, in five different sections, right? Mm-hmm. We've got your stories that you can watch on your own time. Mm-hmm. Um, we, if you don't make it to a well. If you don't make it to a well, you can watch the stories on your own time. And then we have four podcasts that you can listen to on your own time. Yeah. Um, that That's a part of why we do it this way. Well, it is because there's a lot of ways I can give you information. Yeah. And information is not transformation. No. When I look back on my life, my most powerful moments of transformation didn't happen when somebody was giving me information. They happened when I was in a community of people who were loving and caring for me. Yes. And so I didn't want to force people into being in a building all the time. I want to distribute information to them. And so that's why my stories are only 10 minutes long. Right. Because like, it's not about information. It's about transformation. It's about healing. It's about wholeness. It's about calling and purpose and and you being able to embrace what God is asking you to do all these things. And so I just didn't, I didn't like that idea. And so I said, okay, well we, people do need information. I can't just stop giving them information, but I can find a different way to do it. And if I make this, if we design this in a way that it's, it can be easy, easier conformed to people's lives, then they're likely, they're probably going to better engage in our rhythms. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, if we do these podcasts, people can listen to them on their own. But once again, information is not transformation. So what do I do? Well, I put them in ripples. Ripples, if you're not a part of Wellhouse, because I know we got a lot of people that just listen to our content and don't actually participate in in our community. Ripples are basically, they're a covenant group. Mm. They're not really an accountability group. They're three or four people that are similar to you in life with same kind of struggles and things, all that kind of stuff. And y'all go through and listen to some, all, whatever of the podcast, and y'all meet or talk however it best fits y'all to meet and talk about what you are learning and how to apply these things into life. Even if that just means a text conversation in like a, a group text, right? Like And coffee once a month or something, yeah. 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 It does. It can be as formal or informal as you want it to be. Yeah. Um. Make it fit to your life. Yeah. And then our wells. I was like, okay, I want to shrink those down. Yeah. People begin to fall through the cracks when this thing gets too big. And so, if we can keep these gatherings to twenty, twenty-five people, there are enough houses around that, in some capacity, can fit twenty to twenty-five people. Uh, I mean, heck, there are uh, 
houses or there are churches in the northwest. Now the weather's a little bit more easier to do that there. But they're running eighty they're running eighty person churches out of homes. They're renting homes, turning the um master into a kid's space, turning the upstairs into office space, and running the church in the garage. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different ways to skin this cat when you're only looking at 20, 25 people. Yeah. So that most most homes can some way accommodate. I mean, even if you live in an apartment, you could probably host 10 people, 10, 15 people in your apartment, or most apartment complexes have a community room, right. like a community room. Go to the community room. There are lots of different ways to do this. Okay, but at 20, 25 people, I, nobody's ever going to fall through the cracks. Yeah. Everyone is going to experience community if we build a culture of community. Right. Community cult- is not uniformity. Right. You don't have to look, smell, and talk like anybody else to feel loved and valued. That's what community is. And so I said, okay, we can shrink these down. And if we do this, we're going to serve food. You know, all the things we talked about last week. My story is only going to be 10 minutes long, and I'm not going to tell you the answer. And the, the sermon at any church is always the most important piece at most churches other yeah. than Wellhouse. Right. Yes, yes. Everything is built around the sermon. Unless you are in a uber high church tradition right. where it's just a homily. Right. Um, but even then, the liturgy is what's more important. Correct. Right? Um, so at, at most of the Protestant churches. Um, evangelical. Evangelical church. Yeah, fine, whatever. At most of the evangelical churches. um even the songs that you pick to sing are to lead up to the sermon. Yeah, everything's about once the text is opened. That is just not the way to do this. Let me say, I think it's a way. I th- sure. I don't... It's I don't, not a way... It should. I don't think that it should be the most important thing. I think the most important thing should be the community and building community and building relationships not forcing everybody to the content. Yeah. Um, I hear what you're saying. I don't disagree with you. I'm feeling something in my spirit, and I can't figure out what I'm feeling. Um, let me say, the text should always be most important. So the scripture is very important. Yeah, yeah. And so... That's why these other churches do it the way they do it, because that's the time the text is open. Sure. So I understand that philosophy. I agree with that philosophy. I agree with the implementation of the text being most important in a much more community-minded way, which right. is what you're talking about. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not saying that the Bible should never be open yeah, yeah, yeah. at church. Right. That's not what I'm saying yeah. at all. I'm just saying that if you spend all of your time focusing on the text— when do you get to live the text in your community? Yes. Right. Yes. So, and that's my favorite part about what we do at Wellhouse is my stories are only 10 minutes long because I want you to spend the other 50 minutes 
talking about it, right? asking the hard questions, praying for one another for breakthroughs, actually living and experiencing genuine community. Exactly. That's community. I mean, but think about if you spend all of your time pushing people towards the text, they walk into the sanctuary, you sing the songs that lead up to the text, you hear the sermon, you sing a song that's wrapping up the text, and then you go home. Yeah, you might right. stop in for five or ten minutes on the way out the door, say hello to a few people, but... Yep. And then you go home. You don't live the text. Yeah. Well, and um, statistically, when when I was designing Wellhouse, majority of people that claim to be Christians were only attending church on average once a month. Right. Like, we had dropped our standards for 20 years ago to be considered like an active member of a church, you had to be in church like three times a month. Right. In 20 years, it's dropped to one. Mm-hmm. Why? Because people stopped believing in church? Because people stopped believing in Jesus? No. Because they're busy. Mm-hmm. And the church didn't meet them where they were. Mm-hmm. The church said, hey, we're here. And if you want to be a part of us, you got to conform to us. Yeah. And so we just left a generation of people behind. Yeah. And, you know, you think about this. 20 years ago, it was unheard of. Or, sorry, maybe 40 years ago, it was unheard of that people would work on Sundays in mass. When I was in high school, we didn't have as long of football practice on Wednesday nights because the expectation was that there were people there that were going to Wednesday night church. Right. There were no Little League games on Sundays when I was a kid. None of that happened. Yeah. But as more people showed up, as stuff started to happen, as the rest of life became a point where it was like, oh, well, people got to be able to get crap done on Sundays because you can't get it all done on Saturday. Do you know today, It's a, we're recording this on a Sunday, today, more than 35% of eligible workforce is working. Mm. So mm. when you only offer church on Sunday, you have missed 35% of people. Wow. Because it shouldn't be about the building. It shouldn't be about the content. It's about the community. It's about letting the text show you how to be the best you can be participating in God. Right. That's it. That's it. And when we stopped making it about that, when we went, or this is my interpretation of church history, and I'm aware it's my interpretation, there are going to be a lot of people disagree with me. When we decided to become big, Mm. when it became about size and we needed more seats, we needed more parking, we needed all this. I mean... We needed larger budgets. Well, this will just show you. You know what the building crisis of the church is today? Parking. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know why? Why? Because 15 years ago, when people were building all these big buildings, the parking ratio was 
um, one car for four people. Okay. So you assumed that people were coming to church together. Right. Once again, as life has sped up in the last 15 years. People are driving separately. You've got teenagers that are going at different times. You've got maybe uh, maybe your wife is singing on the worship team, so the husband doesn't show up until after her. I mean, you, the busyness of life, we've got more cars. It's now almost three cars for four people. Wow. It's like 2.8 or something. It's insane. Like, all the signs were telling us, guys, life is speeding up. People are moving at faster rates. Like, they are busy. You need to change how you're doing this. Mm-hmm. The number one renovation project for mo- most churches right now, architecturally, shrinking their gathering spaces because it's the largest space they have and turning that space into community spaces. Mm. So shrinking your auditorium size to take that added square footage and turn it into like cafes and like gathering space, community spaces. That's a great idea. Because it's about the community. That's right. It's about the relationships. It's about living life together. And so that's why we do it the way we do it, because it makes the community central to the text. Right. The text is still formidable. We're going to talk about the Bible all the time. Sure. I mean, on almost every one of our pieces of content, the Bible is used, quoted, and or referenced. Yep. The Bible is very central to what we do. We're not yeah. saying that content's not important. We're not saying that scripture's not important. Yeah, we're please saying, don't hear that. What we're saying is that scripture finds its fullest effects in the context of genuine community.